Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are friends with Fantasy Benefits. Mike, how hard are you right now? Oh, man, I- I've been hard since you you know, said hi. Welcome to Friends with Fantasy Benefits podcast. I think it stops at Tory Smith and Travis Benjamin for me. After that, you're talking about complete Oh, I gambles. think it stops before that because I don't like either of those guys. We are friends with Fantasy Benefits. I'm willing to uh, grab Randall Cobb a little bit lower. And uh, if we're talking about Green Bay receivers, I just want to uh, mention again that Devontae Adams is the, the biggest shit receiver I've ever seen in my life. We are friends with Fantasy Benefits. Here's Eddie Lacy spent the uh, the offseason on a Weight Watchers program. Is he thinner than Tony Robo? It appears so, though that's not very hard to do, I guess, at this point. We are friends with Fantasy Benefits. Welcome to episode 76 of the Friends of Fantasy Benefits football podcast. I'm Justin Mason, lead fantasy writer and analyst for friendsoffantasybenefits.com. Joining me on this episode is Mike Warner. Mike, how you doing? <laughs> doing good. I know you almost said baseball, but we'll I just know, I, gloss I keep over doing that. that. Like I, you know, I'm just so used to in baseball. I've been in such baseball mode for such a long time that it's real hard for me to uh, transition over to football, but I, th- I think I'm getting in the, into the groove of things. It didn't take me three takes this time. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be discussing uh, more of our division previews. We're going to discuss the NFC North uh, this time, uh, Mike and I, and kind of delve into those topics. Uh, But before we get started, just want to remind everybody that uh, you can give us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, If you do so and screenshot it and send it to me on Twitter, I, I will get you into whatever listener league pool or whatever we're going to do this year. Uh, but uh, de- definitely uh, hit me up on, on Twitter at Justin Mason FWB or Mike at Mike Warner FWFB. So let's jump right in and talk about the Chicago Bears. Uh, we'll start with Jay Cutler. Is Jay Cutler a viable quarterback in any format or any format? I think he is. You know, I. He's not, obviously, the last couple of years haven't went too strong for him. But, I mean, if we're talking about Cutler going into last season, he was borderline a guy that was going to be given away for peanuts in the NFL market. Last season, put up a, a pretty solid year overall. You know, he's going to be reunited with his offensive coordinator from college, I believe. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it could be another place. But either way, he's reuniting with a guy that he knows on the offensive uh, front. Alshon Jeffrey, hopefully, will have a full season. Um, they brought in Jordan Howard to, you know, hopefully, you know, kind of give that ground game some stability. I kind of like Cutler this year. I'm a bit more than I did last season. So I, I definitely think he's viable in two quarterback formats. I'm not going to say that I'm going to use him as a quarterback one. Um, I have him ranked 25th, you know, overall as at my at quarterback. So he's obviously not somebody I'm going to be willing to start every week. But I do think that, you know, he's somebody that could be used as a quarterback streamer if you're going to kind of just punt the quarterback position and, and kind of go with a week to week, you know, situation or, or strategy. Yeah, I have him ranked 25th as well, and uh, I think that means he is best reserved for either real deep format, 16-team man as a backup, or uh, or two QB leagues. Uh, I I just I think there'll be weeks in which he'll be great, and I think there'll be weeks in which he's awful, and then he has an injury risk because it's not like they've gotten better or that much better on the offensive line. They they still are 
pretty awful there. He still is a guy who gets knocked around quite a bit. So uh, you have to be ready for him to miss probably a few weeks uh, throughout the regular season as well. So uh, definitely not a guy I'm I'm looking at as more than anything than a uh, a backup in a two QB league. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the running back. So you mentioned Jordan Howard. They they have Jeremy Langford. They have Kadeem Carey. How is this going to shake out this year, Mike? I've already kind of mentioned before talking about Langford that I'm not very high on him this season, and Jordan Howard's my guy. I am absolutely in love with him. He has good size, very good, you know, low to the ground runner, can go between the tackles, um, just really fits what John Fox likes to do. I think he's going to get the majority of the goal line touches. Um, you know, like I mentioned, just going to add some stability to this Bears offense. I have no problem drafting him as a running back four and with the, with the hopes that you can start him, you know, half the games this season, especially in non-PPR formats. You know, Langford is, is certainly the guy you'll want to go with in PPR formats because he is a a better receiver out of the backfield, a little bit quicker on his feet. But I love, love, love Howard this year. One of my, uh, you know, really strong rookie uh, candidates for this season. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I really like Howard. I think this is going to be uh, very similar to the John Fox Carolina days with uh, Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. You know, there's going to be a thunder and a lightning. Uh, and the, in the thunders, Howard, the lightning's going to... Uh, uh, to be Langford, I wish I was really going. I was really hoping to be high on Langford this year, but the the drafting of Howard, uh, John Fox's uh, history shows us he prefers a kind of a split backfield. So I, I think uh, I think Langford is probably going to go too high in most places for me. But I think Howard is a guy I'll be scooping up in any league. I'm not with you in. <laughs> uh, is Kadeem Carey done? I mean, you know, unless there's an injury. Uh, I won't say he's completely done. You know, he's obviously on the back burner of this, uh, you know, of the depth chart right now, but I wouldn't say he's completely done in like insanely deep leagues. And I, I know there's people out there that play in, you know, 20 team dynasty leagues with like, you know, 30, 40 man rosters spots, you know, it, so it, it, obviously you wouldn't want to drop carry there, but in terms of your regular 10 to 12 team leagues, I, I don't think he's fancy viable this year. All right. Uh, let's move on and talk about the wide receivers there in Chicago. Let's start with Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, this is a guy that is pretty polarizing right now in the fantasy industry. Uh, how do you personally weigh the upside and the talent versus the injury risk? You and I debated about this going into last season, and I wasn't on Jeffrey last year because of the injury risk and for multiple reasons, but I think you and I both were right and wrong in the same sense because, I mean, when, when Jeffrey was on the field, he was an absolute star. Um, you know, four of his, what, nine games played, he scored a touchdown, went over 100 yards in four of those games, you know, had 10 reception games in two of them. Multi, you know, double-digit targets in the majority of his games. He is by far the focal point of this offense. I have him as a top 10 receiver this year, and I'm willing to bet that he doesn't get injured, at least to the point where he's not going to be missing, you know, at least five or six games like he did last year. If he stays on the field for a full, you know, 16 games, even 14 games this year, he's going to be a top 10 guy. Could even push the top five if things kind of broke right for him. I am all in on Jeffrey. I am too, but he's already injured in, in training camp. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's like, like I, I have him as my another, my number seventh ranked wide receiver. And I'm already regretting having him that high. Uh, I, I, I love the talent and I believe in the talent and they're in an offense that is or on a team that's going to be down and going to have to throw. And as much as I like Kevin white uh, a lot this year, he's still the only proven wide receiver on that team that can handle any sort of full workload. You know, but he's already missed three straight practices uh, due to hamstring injury. He he probably will uh, miss the first preseason game at this point unless things dramatically improve. I'm uh, I'm a little worried, Uh, but yeah, and it shows risk with this Bears offense. You know, I love Jay Cutler, and if they had another receiver like if Brandon Marshall was still was still there, I would put Jay Cutler as a top 12, 12 quarterback. Yeah. Going into this year, but the problem is, you know, we'll get into these other receivers, but Eddie Royal, he has already, he's already suffering from a concussion, you know, another guy that has mispracticed a ton, you know, so far this year. And then, you know, you have other guys like Marcus Wilson, prepent, you know, always injured as well. You know, Jeffrey obviously carries injury risk. Kevin White is coming off of a serious injury. 
it's if one or if if Jeffrey goes down, this could mean really bad news for the offense, which is just as it was just really good for Jordan Howard and actually could be a benefit to Jeremy Langford if they're just down in a ton of games. I think it's more of a benefit to Langford than it is to Howard. Howard. I, don't think, I think Howard, you know, will be the receiving back and you're going to see a lot of seven, eight man boxes. Sure. If, if uh if they really struggle at the wide receiver position. Let's talk about uh, the next guy, uh, and that's Kevin White. I, I was extremely high on Kevin White last year, extremely high on him. Uh, and then, of course, he never plays a snap uh, in the season because of, of an injury. He's back. He's supposedly fully healthy. Um, he has got a nice frame. Uh, he's got He's extremely fast. This could be a a very uh, sneaky pick in the middle rounds for people. What are your thoughts on Kevin White? One of the highest upside receivers for this year. And I ha- I'm so excited because I have him in multiple spots from last year that I just kept him. And, you know, last year going into drafts, you know, people were very high because of of the upside that he offers with all the things that you just mentioned and described. I think that this is a, 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 bo- a big, you know, sleeper candidate going into this season, mainly because if he can just stay on the field, like, you know, he's not your normal rookie. I understand, like, he's going to be getting his first, you know, actual NFL exposure this season, but he's had a full year to digest the Bears playbook. He's had a full year to, you know, really, you know, talk with Jay Cutler and get his route running down. There was a report over these last few weeks that Jay Cutler and him were working together, and um, th- he's done really well in, you know, digesting all of the information and doing well with uh, connecting with Jay Cutler overall. I think that he's going to have a massive uh, season this year. I'm all in on Kevin White as well. Hopefully the injuries don't get to him, but I'm willing to, you know, take that risk, especially where he's going in drafts. Yeah, I I, I really like him. I I think he's got a ton of upside. Uh, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, with all the reports saying he looks good, that he looks healthy, uh, he looks just as explosive. Um, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on that last year's injury was a fluke and that this is going to be a big year for him. Uh, And if Alshon Jeffrey gets hurt, even better for him. You know, more targets probably coming in his way. So I think he's a guy that could easily get uh, 120, 120 targets this year, you know? <laughs> yeah. If things break right. And I, I, I kind of disagree if Alshon Jeffrey goes down, that's a benefit. I've, I want Jeffrey on the field because you, you he's going to draw. Distract, you want, you want yeah. him to draw the better cornerback. Uh, yeah. And not just that. I feel like, you know, Kevin white, if he gets these, well, it, like you kind of mentioned, if he gets the lesser corner, then he has more room to kind of, you know, develop and, and get a route to, you know, go long, you know, the, the size speed combo and the fact that he was already talented you know, mixed with Jay Cutler's strong arm could be awesome. I mean, this Bears offense as a whole could be really, really productive this year. But at the same time, one injury could really like break it apart. Yeah, that, that's very true. One injury to Alshon Jeffrey, one injury to Jay Cutler, and we're, we're looking at a different game. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, any interest in the other wide receivers? Eddie Royal, Marquez Wilson. I mean, you know, anybody else that is on the roster, but I didn't list on our show notes. I just know I've been intrigued by Marcus Wilson. There was a couple times last year where I, I think you know, I think everybody has at some point. Everybody's been like, "Ooh, look at the skills, look at the talent." But, it's just getting to the point where we need to see some type of sustained health, you know. And if he's not going to be durable, there's no way we we can rely on him. If you want to stash him in like those insanely deep leagues that I was mentioning, then that's completely fine. But at least for this season and redraft, I'm I'm out. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's starting. Uh, he's starting on the pup list, it looks like. So, uh, you know, I, I, I can't even see anybody else on this roster worth mentioning. So let's, uh, let, let's talk about Zach Miller real quick. Uh, he, he takes over as the full-time tight end. What are your thoughts on Zach Miller this year? I'm kind of out, you know, and it's not because he wasn't impressive last year, but there was multiple guys that Chicago was in on this off season to try and sign, um, you know, at, at the tight end position, and they kind of just settled on Miller. He already suffered a uh, concussion this offseason going into training camp. You know, I just there's there's so many tight end options this year that I'm just I'm not willing to bank on somebody like Zach Miller. If he somehow, you know, comes out and you know does well at the beginning of the year, then I don't mind picking him up, but I'm willing to just kind of leave him on the waiver, waiver wire to find out. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, outside of a deeper format, 16-team format, I just don't think he... He, ha- he has a little bit of upside because we saw it last year, you know, when, uh, when, he, when he was kind of in the, in the lead at the, at the position there. 
we we did see some some flashes that especially that Cutler likes to go to their tight end. Uh, he did score five touchdowns last year, so there is a there's a little bit of something there. But I, I think it's better left to the waiver wire uh, as well. Let's go ahead and move on to uh, the Detroit Lions. Let's talk about Matt Stafford. What are your thoughts on him this year? I really like Matthew Stafford, and I think that he's just somebody that will will go you know, unnoticed in drafts. He was a top five quarterback from week 10 on last year, which kind of coincides with Jim Bob Cooter. I can't ever say that name without <laughs> without laughing. It kind of coincides with Jim Bob Cooter replacing um, whoever their offensive coordinator was last year. You know, the, the offense as a whole is losing Calvin Johnson, but they gained another deep char- a deep target in Marvin Jones. Stafford is the type of guy that will sling it all the time. And based on where he's going in drafts, you know, I'm willing to take a gamble, especially if I'm doing the strategy that I'm, you know, wanting this year, which is, you know, waiting till almost the last round to draft a quarterback. You know, you can get him as the 17th quarterback off the board, you know, almost outside of pick 120. I'm completely fine taking that gamble on a guy that can possibly be a top 10 quarterback this year. I'm a, I, I love him. I uh, I think he's a fine backup uh, or a, a QB2 in two QB leagues. Uh, in a two QB league, he's a, he's a guy that I really kind of like because he, he does have some nice upside. I, I worry about, uh, you know, them not having a strong running game. I worry about Calvin Johnson no longer being there. You know, it's the, Golden Tate shouldn't be a number one wide receiver. You know, and, and so I worry about those things. You know, will Ebron take the next step? I don't know. So (laughs) there seems to be a lot of question marks in that regard. So I'm I'm a little unsure, but I think as a as a second QB, either in in one QB formats or in two QB formats, I think he's I think he's a fair value. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about the running backs situation. You have Amir Abdullah, Theo Riddick, uh, Stephen Ridley, Zach Zenner, Dwayne Washington. Which one are you targeting on draft day? Um, I haven't really drafted any of them so far in the mocks I've done. Amir Abdullah, we've we've also mentioned on a prior show. I think that he still has a ton of skill, you know, and I think that he's still a guy that can, you know, certainly be close to a running back one in fantasy if things kind of shook right for him. Still not in love with the offensive line. Still not in love with the fact that Theo Riddick is pretty much going to be the third down running back, especially in passing situations and PPR leagues. I think Riddick is certainly a guy that, you know, you can feel comfortable as a, you know, a running back four for you that you can kind of slot in during bye weeks and all that stuff. But you know, in terms of Abdullah, I'm not. I'm still not finding myself drafting him, even though he's not going at a, a, a crazy spot in drafts. You know, in terms of Dwayne Washington, he's the other guy that I would be kind of keeping my eye on because there, it's not a foregone conclusion that he'll make the team, but he certainly has the size and speed to be a force in the NFL. Um, it's really more um, upstairs whether he can kind of you know gain you know knowledge of a playbook and you know read you know between the tackles and you know have good vision. So those are things that he will have to work on. But in the long term, you know, he's somebody that's certainly intriguing for this year. I think he's somebody that you just kind of keep in the back of your mind for, uh, you know, your re- your regular fantasy drafts. And if he if Abdullah was to go down, then we would uh, kind of have something in there. Yeah, I'm you know, I-, I was probably one of the loudest voices in the industry against Admir Abdullah last year. Uh, I screamed at just about anybody who would listen. That he was that he was overrated. That he was going too high. Um, I feel like now he he comes at a value and a discount, and like he still has all the same problems. He still had issues holding on to the ball, uh, but he does have a ton of talent. He's only twenty three years old. Uh, they you know I like Theo Riddick, and I think Theo Riddick is a you know you you called him an RB four in PPR. I think he could be even a little bit more than that. Like, I don't mind, like, if, if I'm waiting on running back, even in PPR, if I get him as an RB3, I think I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I, it was more that I think that you can draft him as an RB4, but he can, you know, work out as an RB2 during some bye weeks or RB3. He just doesn't have a ton of upside. He In PPR, he's the type of guy that will get you, like, six catches for 48 yards, probably had, won't be a touchdown. He had 80 catches last year from the running back position. Yeah, which was I believe that topped all running backs. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Um, you know, almost 700 yards. So, I mean, uh, I, but I feel like Abdullah has like a ton of upside. If I, if I, if we were looking back right now, 
or if I had a crystal ball and I looked into the crystal ball and, and said, Amir Abdullah is going to be a top 10 running back in 2016. Would you believe that could be true? I, I no, I wouldn't. You wouldn't? Cause I, no. I think he's got the talent for it. If he could stop putting the ball on the ground. I don't think it's just that, though. In, in terms of the draft position, I think you make a good point. You know, right now he is going, what, outside the top 70 picks, according to all the consensus ADP. But the, the problem with with his draft position is I would rather take a shot on Jay Ajayi going a little bit behind him, Frank Gore going a little bit behind him, TJ Yeldon, Justin Forsett, D'Angelo Williams is right there, but I'm sure that's going to skyrocket as we get closer to the season starting. Charles Sims, Aaron Foster. I mean, these are all guys that I'm okay taking over Amir Abdullah just because I feel like they're, you know, they're first off their usage is kind of locked up because we don't even know like Zach Zenner or Steven Ridley could come in and get a lot of the lion's share of the carries. If Abdullah puts the ball uh, on the ground, Ridley Ridley is done. And Zach isn't Zach Zenner coming off of like a collapsed lung. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's been okay. And in, in training camp, he's been solid as well. I'm not saying that they're going to take the job from Abdullah, but you have so many options that Abdullah could easily average, you know, eight to 10, 11, 12 touches a game. And that just doesn't do it for me. Yes, he makes some spectacular moves in the open field. I've, I know all of us have seen some of his YouTube clips or some of his gifs where he is just shaking people to death. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to be able to do that consistently. And I just don't think that he's that type of guy. Maybe he'll prove me wrong this year. I'm trying to find his ADP on ESPN right now. Uh, his ADP on ESPN is 95th, almost 96th off the board, 36th running back, going just by an Arian Foster and, and Kenneth Dixon above Chris Ivory and Derrick Henry. Wow, I can't yeah. believe Ajayi is that low. Well, he's injured again. Oh, well, that's probably why. Um, and, and they signed Arian Foster. So Yeah, and Arian Foster from the reports right now is being told that he will be the guy, kind of. Not like the full-on guy, but he's going to be the, the person that is getting the majority of the first first down reps, which you know is obviously important for us. But I still well, love Ajayi. I, I love Ajayi too, but Arian, I, I love Arian Foster this year too. I think he... Uh, How long is he going to stay healthy? I mean, this is I always fall into the trap of then Arian you, then Foster. You pair, then you pair them together. Yeah, which I have no problem with. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I've seen a couple people say like, "Oh, I'm all in on Foster," and to those people, I'm telling them you the need re- to grab JHI with the him. reason why people are saying that, and like we're getting too far off topic of the Lions, but um, is because of how late he's going. Thirty yeah. fifth running back off the board. And he's going to end up going up though, in my oh, opinion. Sure, yeah, I mean he's already he's already gone up a, a bunch. I'm sure. Um, let, let's let's move away from the running backs. Let's talk about the wide receiver. I said Golden Tate's not a number one wide receiver. Uh, do you think he's a number one wide receiver? I don't think he's a number one. You know, I'll just go off and say that now. But you can't deny the fact that he you know, was almost one of the leaders in targets last season. When Calvin Johnson was not on the field, he was a wide receiver one. He ended up being a top 15 guy from week 10 on last season. Matthew Stafford is the type of guy that really kind of you know zones in on one receiver at times not saying he'll do that this year but you know there's been multiple reporters and multiple fantasy analysts that have pointed that out and I completely agree with that stance with that stance you know I'm not fully on board with where he's going in drafts um and PPR he's certainly a guy that I would target more so than in standard formats definitely but yeah, but um, you know, I still I still like some other guys that are going behind him. You know, Michael Floyd, I'm will always be an advocate for Eric Decker. I is just so steady that I will continue to like him above somebody like Golden Tate, who both of them are going behind him. Dante Moncrief, Kevin White, Tyler Lockett, those are all guys that I'm willing to take a, a shot on. Crabtree. Crabtree, yeah. I mean, th- those are all guys that I just feel like are a little bit safer. But at the end of the day, in PPR, I think that you can pencil him in as a wide receiver two with you know upside for wide receiver one weeks. I think that is completely fair. I I, I can't even really disagree with you. I got a question though. Uh, I, I'm in this weird new fantasy league. You may have seen me mention on Twitter um, or on Facebook. <laughs> uh, it is it is. A some sort of reality league, a reality show fantasy league. Let me guess, Tay Holbeck's in it. Yes, he's the commissioner <laughs> of this. Um, Stacy Stern, Ralph Lifshitz, uh, some other fantasy professionals. Uh, we we have to record ourselves t- like talking shit, um, and and then they they put it all together. 
um, and they make episodes, and we'll do an episode every week. Um, and That's a different the, idea. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, uh, but uh, in the league, one of the guys like in our private chat asked, like, okay, he, he's got a keeper league. He can either keep Golden Tate in the third round, uh, it's a PPR, or Kelvin okay. Benjamin in the fifth. I'm keeping Golden Tate. Really? Okay, because I said I would keep Benjamin. Yeah, and you can make that argument. You know, I, I don't want to go too off topic of, again, but, you know, Benjamin's the type of guy that I was never in love. I'm a Florida State fan. I've watched every game that he played in at Florida State. Loved him his rookie year going into the NFL because he was getting drafted so late. But I, I do think Funches is going to emerge as a better target this season um cam newton is just cam newton in the red zone nowadays and they've lived a whole year without benjamin and did just fine in the red zone so i do think benjamin's a solid receiver don't get me wrong but i think that the floor for golden tate in the ppr league is just too safe in the third round all right uh what about the other wide receivers marvin jones and quan bolden which one would you prefer definitely marvin jones you know, we'll we'll have to see what his usage is like and how often he's targeted in this offense. Right now, he's still going as a top 100 pick overall, consensus-wise. He's in the top 40 receivers. I'm okay with that spot. I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. Um, you know, overall, I think that he's the type of guy that can certainly, you know, have some upside. I have him as a top 30 receiver. You're a bit lower on him. I'm um, much lower, I think. I'm, sh- I'm yeah, sure. You're, I'm, I, you have him as 48. Um, yeah. So I'll be interested to hear what you say. I mean, I understand that he's had a long laundry list of injury concerns, but I still remember the, the guy that, you know, scored four touchdowns in a game. He's going to be replacing Calvin Johnson. Obviously, those are massive shoes to fill, and he won't be able to do that. But he's going to stay on the field. Um, he's no longer going to be a guy that's just in three wide sets. He's going to be on the field all you know every game, the majority of the snaps. You know, as long as he stays healthy, Matthew Stafford has the has the arm to be able to hit him long. And you know, I can see him scoring you know seven, eight, nine, ten touchdowns this year if everything broke right. Yeah, I've never been a uh, big Marvin Jones fan. I I just haven't, uh, and I'm always lower on him than I probably should be. Uh, but I, I worry about his injury history. I worry about him adapting to the new system. Um, and I honestly, I, I worry about the presence of, of Anquan Bolden. Um, you know, see, I like it. I like Anquan Bolden being there because he he's going to play like a middle of the field, not tight end role, but he's just going to be like kind of a slot guy that knows how to run routes and keep the spacing right on offense. You know, I feel like that's a good thing. Yeah, I just wonder how many, you know, if if there's going to be too many mouths, you know, to feed. In, there could in, be. In that offense. So I, I'm a little bit lower. I think there, I think there's some upside with Jones and I think there's some, uh, there's a, a pretty low floor too. So that it's the floor that scares me when you've got other guys, you know, that are, you know, going around him or, or way below him. Um, you know, I, I would, I'd rather have much, have rather have Kevin White, you know, I just, I think there's so much more upside in Kevin White than there is in Marvin Jones, and I think there's a, a little bit less or a little bit more downside in Jones than there is in White. Uh, let's talk about uh, Eric Ebron though, real quick. Uh, is this the year he breaks out? I don't know. I hate this guy. <laughs> he drives me freaking crazy. Like I, I don't know. Him, I don't know who I hate more, him or Austin Safarian Jenkins. Who, whenever we get to the Bucks show, I have a long rant to give about that. I'm doing that but- one with Eli. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, we'll do the Redskins one, me and Eli then. Jesus. All right. But <laughs> no, I, I do. Is there a chance, you know, if you're asking me, there's a chance that, you know, Eric Ebron catapults himself into the top eight, you know, tight end world this year. Sure. There's a chance. I don't like the Anquan Bolden signing for him. Um, mm-hmm. That means for me that, you know, he's probably will end up, be, you know, having some more time on the field blocking, which he's not a very good blocker. So you could see Brandon Pettigrew still take over that role a ton with Ebron kind of, you know, mixing in, but not getting a full complement of snaps. If that happens, that's certainly going to cap his upside. Is the physical tool still there? Yep. Were they ever as good as Odell Beckham? No. I don't know why you did that, Lions. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I think in two tight end formats, he's worth, he's certainly worth an ad. I definitely would take him above a guy like Zach Miller, who we just talked about with the Bears. You know, I think he's has way more upside than, you know, your Jason Wittens of the world and stuff like that. But, at the end, you know, I just... He, he still worries me. You know, he's not going too high in drafts. I completely understand if you want to take a, a gamble on him, but I, I'm not 
you know, I'm not convinced that this is the year he's going to break out. Are the tools there? Yes. Are there offseason reports saying that he's more mature and that, you know, he is starting to hone in on his game? Yep, there are. But it, until I see it on the field, I'm just really, I'm, I'm really kind of tepid on him. Yeah, I had him uh, in our initial rankings. I had him at 13th out of tight ends. I'm probably going to drop him 14th or 15th, something around there. Uh, move Ludarius Green ahead of him. Move uh, uh, maybe move Charles Clay ahead of him as well. I, I I see all the talent, and I see exactly what you mean about uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins in terms of God. Like uh, you see the talent, and you really believe that he could put it all together. But I think at this point, it, it's it's a show me kind of thing. And if I'm in a deep league where you know this is you know if I'm in a 14 or a 16 man league where Ebron is my uh, is my starter, I, I feel like I have to have a second tight end. And, and that's not a situation I want to be in. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. Football season has returned, and so has the Fantasy Black Book 2016 edition. Number one in fantasy sports for the eighth straight time on Amazon Kindle and on iTunes. The Fantasy Black Book has all of the information you need this season to separate yourself from the herd. The Fantasy Black Book is just $4.99. That's half as much as your precious magazines. Football is coming. The Black Book is ready. All right. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, where is he in your quarterback ranks? (laughs) I think I have number two at quarterback, which, you know, anybody that knows me knows I love Aaron Rodgers. With Jordy Nelson returning, hopefully at his full you know, his full I capacity. I should you mention uh, Jordy Nelson's name after what <laughs> you did to him last season. Yeah, personally, you know, I, I threw some voodoo magic on him last year and he ended up getting injured. I just could feel it, man. There's just like weird little things that I feel. And uh, I felt like Jordy Nelson was going to get injured last year. Do you feel any, any ones this year? Um, I, I will have to wait a little bit. Okay. You know, I like to see the preseason a little bit. And, you know, I'll make my uh, maybe I'll make like an article that has my, you know, you know, hashtag feelings, you know, <laughs> article or something, you know, uh, but I, I love Aaron Rodgers for this year. He's going to be returning pretty much the guy that is the most important to him on offense and Jordan Nelson. You know, I'm not really worried about these, um, you know, kind of nicks that he has, you know, overall he's had a few setbacks with his knee, but nothing that, you know, makes me worried that he won't start the season and be just fine. So I'm cool with Nelson and which means that I'm cool with uh, Aaron Rodgers being the number two quarterback. But like I said, as a strategy, I'm just not buying quarterback this year. I still think that there's going to be guys in every league that you're in that are willing to take, you know, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, uh, Drew Brees. You're talking to one of them. Yeah, that are willing to take them in the top, you know, 40 of, of drafts. And I completely understand that. And, you know, week on a week-to-week basis, which is what the fantasy football game is, they certainly give you an advantage. But I, I'm just... I'm leaning more towards waiting on quarterback, so I'm I'm completely cool taking Matthew Stafford later. Ryan Tannehill, one of my biggest you know favorites for this year, I'm willing to take him later. You know, so you know overall, yes, I love Aaron Rodgers this season. I think he has a very good shot of returning um, as the number one quarterback in fantasy once again. But um, you know, we, we will have to see how this Green Bay offense kind of recovers after being just completely sloppy last year. Yeah, I I love Aaron Rodgers this year. The thing I love about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and really all the quarterbacks this year uh, in, in kind of the upper tier, you know, mostly once we get past Cam Newton, so what second tier, uh, you know, whether it's Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or Andrew Luck, one of them is always dropping, you know, out of the fourth round. And so, like, I'm jumping on whichever one does. Like, I have, so far, I think I've done five drafts this year already. I have Andrew Luck in four of my five leagues. Try to take my dude from last year, man. Come on. I, well, I mean, he was your first round pick that I'm now last year that I'm now getting in the, you know, getting in the fourth, <laughs> fourth fifth round. round. Yeah. And I that's mean, a very good point. Very you know, good. I just think, you know, you don't as long as you're not like keying on one of them. Like, I'm not saying I have to have Rodgers. I have to have luck. I have to have Wilson. But it seems to be in every draft I'm in, one of them's dropping. So I'm grabbing them, you know, when one drops, because I agree with you. I think there is a lot of depth. And I think but I think that is having an adverse effect on, on kind of the second tier of quarterbacks, allowing them to drop. And any one of these guys could be the number one quarterback at the end of the year. So I, I'm totally happy grabbing them in, in the fourth or fifth round if they drop. 
Uh, let's uh, let, let's talk about Eddie Lacy. He left the other day with an ankle injury. It doesn't appear to be too <laughs> serious. Uh, he looks thin. Like <laughs> it appears, Eddie Lacy spent the uh, the off season on a Weight Watchers program. Is he thinner than Tony Romo? It appears so, though that's not very hard to do, I guess, at this point. I, uh, first off, can we stop with this stuff? Like, really? <laughs> I, I just, you know, I saw that on ESPN a few days ago, and I'm just like, why? Why are we talking about Tony Romo running onto a field? Like, I just don't get it. Because there's nothing else to talk about. Oh, my gosh. It drives me crazy. <laughs> but Eddie Lacy, you know, your number one pick last year, which obviously worked out. It worked out but... <laughs> fantastically. Like, I have no idea how I won so many leagues last year. It's because I didn't have the first pick in most of my drafts. I know, right? <laughs> Luckily, I, I'll say this about Eddie Lacy. I think with the return of Jordy Nelson that we're going to see this Green Bay offense, you know, return to its past form. I love where Eddie Lacy is going. I have no problem taking him him as my top running back this year, especially in standard formats. Yeah. Do I do I want to have James Starks as a handcuff? Absolutely, sure. because I love James Starks and I think that he could easily come in and and be solid if and when Eddie Lacy were to go down. But there's times last year that you saw Eddie Lacy continue to be able to just not get tackled, show kind of that Marshawn Lynch to his game. And I, I think that he still has a ton of great football left in him. I'm completely willing to buy back in this season and um, just make sure that you grab somebody like James Starks behind him. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a league in which, like, for instance, if, if you're drafting at the top of your draft uh, in a 12-team league and uh, – you can grab, go wide receiver, wide receiver, and then grab AD Lacy on, on the wraparound. Yeah, great. Uh, I'm I'm totally I'm totally down with that. I've got him, I believe, my number eighth ranked uh, running back this year. Um, and let me double check that. And I, I think he is going to uh, to kind of reclaim some of that past glory. Yeah, I've got him as my eighth ranked running back. You have him as your tenth. I think that's all fair areas. I actually, I figured I'd be the highest on him. And I'm kind of in the middle. Ben and Eric both have, or have him sixth and seventh, respectively. So I, I think he is a little bit underrated. I would much rather have, and I, I know this is going to piss off a lot of people, I would much rather have Eddie Lacy this year than Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> well, we'll talk about Ezekiel Elliott later, but you know, obviously the hamstring injury you know backs him up a bit, even before the hamstring injury. But that, well, that you're, definitely... you're ridiculous about that. <laughs> that's absolutely ridiculous. You're ridiculous. a great offensive line, somebody that's probably the best running back talent to come out of college since AP. You know, going to be pretty much given fed the ball just like Demarco Murray was a few years back. There's like no reason to to fade. You, you just you just made you just made some huge assumptions that we'll talk about when we talk about the end. NFC East. <laughs> um, uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the wide receivers real quick. I feel like the industry as a whole and people are too high on Jordy Nelson right now coming off the injury. What are your thoughts on him this year? Well, I'll say this. I haven't landed him in any drafts to this point. You know, and he is going at a, a high, high price. I mean, he's going at a middle of the you know wide receiver one ranks, you know, top 20 price. So if you're willing to bank on that, then, you know, that's completely on you. Me personally, I haven't been able to end up with him in any drafts to this point, mainly because, you know, I think that he's a guy that will, you know, not necessarily be that high. When I did my initial ranks, I had him in the top five because I, I believe in his talent. I'm a little worried about the the fact that he's had a couple of minor tweaks and setbacks with that knee. So I, I will be dropping him in my wide receiver wow, ranks overall. I, can't, I, I didn't even notice you had him in the top five. Yeah, because I love him. And I, you know, I love him off too, but I can't imagine taking it. Like, I felt weird putting him at 15. <laughs> well, and I completely understand that. Just with him on the field in a full, con- you know, if, if Eddie Lacy returns to form, I'm betting on the Green Bay Packers offense. So if if I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a top two quarterback and, you know, Eddie Lacy is going to be a top, you know, eight or 10 running back, that obviously leaves a ton of um, receptions available for the offense. Jordy Nelson will obviously be the main benefactor of that if he can get healthy and return to his form from a couple years ago. Um, you know, obviously with this news, though, with him kind of tweaking some things, I don't think it's a it's something that we need to be extremely worried about. But I do think it's something that we need to monitor. You know, if I was to re-rank wide receivers right now, I would probably drop him into the you know 13 range. I'd probably you know slot somebody like 
Uh, Brandon Marshall ahead of him. Alshon Jeffrey would certainly go ahead of him. You know, I think I'd throw Mike Evans above him too. So, uh, you know, I would obviously have to restructure it a bit. But in general, I think that I agree with you. He is going a bit high. All right. Uh, what about the other wide receivers? Do you do you buy in on uh, Randall Cobb this year? Absolutely. Love Randall Cobb. Love, like I mentioned with Jordy Nelson, love the Green Bay offense, especially in PPR leagues. He was a wide receiver one coming into last year. So, like, let's not forget that, you know, and I understand that, you know, he was terrible last season as a whole, especially after week three when he had the, yeah, I mean, after week three, he ended up not having, you know, more than, you know, two or three games where he had six or more receptions, you know, didn't um, eclipse 100 yards the rest of the season, only scored two touchdowns the rest of the season. So, you know, obviously people are going to be a bit down on somebody like, you know, Randall Cobb. He's going in the top 40 right now, about 20th at wide receiver. I'm completely okay with that price. Um, I have him as a top 17 guy. Um, we have a couple other rankers on the site that are even higher than myself. You know, especially if people are willing to buy Jordy Nelson at such a high rate, I'm willing to uh, grab Randall Cobb a little bit lower. And uh, if we're talking about Green Bay receivers, I just want to uh, mention again that Devontae Adams is the, the biggest shit receiver I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, I'm glad. That's why I even left him off the list. I, uh... Yeah, don't think I would forget. Don't think I would forget. Uh, the only reason I say that is because I used to like Devontae Adams, and I'm not I saying know. that he's there's a time where he won't be fantasy viable at some point. I'm not completely giving up on him. I'm just really angry at him. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I'm not as angry at Devontae Adams because I wasn't buying in on him in the same way you were last year. Uh, but, I mean, as far as Randall Cobb, there's part of me that wants to play it safe with him, and then there's part of me that thinks, oh, Jordy Nelson back, less attention on him, they can put him back more into the slot uh, and really let him kind of move around because that's when he's at his best is when they can kind of move him all around the field, let him do different things, and they just weren't able to do it quite as much or it wasn't as successful when they did without Jordy Nelson on the field. And so I feel like Jordy Nelson kind of gives him back the freedom. i probably a little bit too low on him. I have him 23rd. Uh, maybe I move him up, but it's so wide receiver is so stacked that it's really hard for me to want to move him up. That it's far. not as stacked as you might think, though. Like once you get past kind of the beginning, you know th- you're taking I shots. Love some, I love some of these wide receivers in, in the twenties. You know that you know T. Y. Hilton. I'm talking past the twenties. I'm talking once once you get outside of like the top forty receivers, you're starting That's to hit fair. some really there, iffy. A, there, there's a wall, and it, yeah. it, it falls off a cliff. I think it stops at Torrey Smith and Travis Benjamin for me. After that, you're talking about complete Well, I think gambles. it stops before that because I don't like either of those guys. Well, I, I love both of them. So I like Benjamin. Can, I, I, I don't like Torrey Smith. Of course you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as any other wide receiver on this team, are you interested in either Janice or Ty Montgomery? Um. Janice, I've always been intrigued by because he's such a you know deep threat. Um, I I still to this day think that the Packers just hate him and will never play him. Um, a full compliment. I think that's of a snacks. fair. I think that's very good analysis on your part, honestly. <laughs> like, it, there's really no other way to explain it. They just uh, do not put him on the field. So I understand, you know, not really wanting to buy in at all. I like Ty Montgomery. He just never seems to stay healthy. He still is not completely healthy. You know, yeah, from I don't, I don't. last season. Which is obviously a problem. So I think both of these guys are waiver wire fodder until proven otherwise. Yeah, I would, um, you know, make sure that you keep an eye on Jared Aberderis. I like him as far as um, being the third wide receiver on this team above Devontae Adams. I think he could certainly, um, he's had some nice reviews during camp and uh, OTAs and everything. So maybe there's a chance that he ends up sticking on the field. But, uh, you know, that's the only guy that I would maybe keep my eye on for this year. All right. Let's uh, talk about Jared Cook and Richard Rogers. Either of these tight ends mean anything to you? I don't know whether I want to fall into the Jared Cook trap once again. I totally know. want to. I totally do too. And because, I did. I did in one league. And I understand it. Like honestly, Jared Cook has always just been so athletically talented. He really has, and he's going at a at nothing right now. I mean, you can get him outside the top twenty tight ends behind guys like. You know, uh, uh, beyond some intriguing names like, you know, Jason Witten and Zach Miller barf, you know, I mean, (laughs) so I'm 
I'm, I'm cool with taking a gamble on him, especially later on in your draft, especially if you're not going with one of the higher tier tight ends and you want to roll with a couple of the uh, you know more interesting names later on, like a Martellus Bennett, like an Austin Severian Jiggins, if you don't hate his guts like I do, Antonio Gates, you know, uh, people like that, if you want to kind of pair him up. I'm, I'm, I'm understanding of that. My, my issue with Cook is he always gets injured. We don't know what his role exactly will be. Richard Rodgers is still there. I think the main point here is that Richard Rodgers is somebody that I will not be targeting at all. Um, but I'm hoping that you know Jared Cook ends up being similar to Jermichael Finley. You know, um, not to the injury extent, but um, to the point where you know maybe he gets targeted five to eight times a game and is a red zone threat, which could easily put him in the top twelve among tight ends. Yeah, I'm. I, I see the upside, and I see. This is the first time he's really gotten to play with a good quarterback, and and I go, oh, yeah, this this is a guy that I, I'm willing to bank on, uh, especially if I'm if if I'm drafting a tight end late, if I decide to punt tight end, uh, and I just pair him with somebody else, pair him with Ladarius Green, uh, pair him with an Ebron, pair him with, uh, you know, let me look at uh, 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 Clay. Uh, I I love Clay this year. Uh, I'm you know higher than a ton of people on him. You know, he, and Jared Cook is a great guy to uh, to pair with him. So, uh, I think I will in a number of leagues. You know, leagues where I can afford to draft two tight ends. Um, I believe in the uh, SFB uh, uh, league that I'm in. I, I took him and Tyler Higby and uh, and Clay and just paired all three together. Those are, but that that has a really deep roster, is really deep bench. Justin, are you saying that Nick Foles and Jake Locker aren't good quarterbacks? Because I'm pretty sure you loved Foles last year. There is no proof of that anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, we're on a new feed. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's move on and talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Mike, say say it with me once. I will not talk highly of Teddy Bridgewater. Why? Why would you say that? I kind of like Bridgewater. He's Uh, don't don't fall into the trap again. I know. I mean, for fantasy, we can't like obviously we we can't buy you know solely into you know the fact that he you know no, was I'm so like bad way last higher year. than you on him in the ranks. Yeah, I know, right? I think that you know they're still gonna they're, you know Mike Zimmer is the type of guy that like is going to lean on Adrian Peterson. So is Nord Turner. They're gonna lean on that run game. This is the thing I like though because so far this offseason they've talked about you know Bridgewater being so much better in the shotgun. They added a guy like Laquan Treadwell who is an absolute beast star i love him and with with bridgewater moving to the shotgun more than likely a little bit more this year than moving to a dome that certainly means to me that they're going to end up throwing a bit more and you know if ap you know if ap gets injured at all this season jared mckinnon is going to come in and they're going to move to a more up-tempo offense where they're throwing more and that's really good for uh, somebody like bridgewater he can still run he's still insanely skilled i think it might take some time but i still am not giving up hope for him yeah, I agree with you. And like I said, I'm I'm higher in the rankings on Bridgewater than you. Uh, and I, I do believe in him. I believe that the move the move indoors especially will help him. They they obviously wanted to go out and get him another weapon in Laquan Treadwell. Um, I think they have a really nice team that they're building in Minnesota. Uh, I think they they've done a good job of adding some pieces to both the offense and the defense. I really like what they're doing there. Uh, I picked them to win the Super Bowl last year. I may end up doing it again this year. They should have. Oh, my God, Blair Walsh. I mean, why is he even still on the roster? You can't forgive after that. You really can't. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about AP. Is he the number one running back? Uh, No, he's not for me. I obviously have Todd Gurley above him. Wow. How dare you? What do you mean? How dare I? I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know, it's totally understandable, though. I don't. I don't. I. I. I would like to hear you explain why you have uh, Le'Veon Bell ahead of him. Was that pre-suspension? Well, yes, that was pre-suspension. Okay. If we were to revise them now, I would have my running back ranks would go number one Gurley, number two David Johnson, number three AP. I still love the guy. You know, I, I certainly think he's worth taking a gamble on in drafts. I have not ended up with him anywhere. You know, you're still going to be paying a first round price for him. I'd much rather go with a stud wide receiver. You know, and, you know, kind of take my chances that way. If you're in a PPR league, there is a chance that, you know, this is AP's last year in Minnesota. And 
They could give him a few more receptions, you know, and keep him on the field and try and run him into the ground. If they don't want to run him into the ground, then you could see more Jarrett McKinnon. But regardless, you know, I think AP will end up being a, a stud running back. There's, you know, nothing, you know, no analysis to give there. He's still a star. But at the end of the day, I just don't feel comfortable taking him in the first round. I think there's there's a few other guys, especially in PPR, that I would uh, much rather go with a little bit later. And uh, I would rather just go with the wide receiver. I love AP in the first round in standard. I, I understand in PPR not wanting to. Um, but in standard, I think he's a great mid to late first round pick. Uh, I th- And I, I, I really, I, I, I think he offers a lot of safety. You know, in, in what the other two, you know, if we're talking about with Le'Veon Bell being suspended, unless that gets overturned or shortened or somehow, somehow uh, I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of drop him out of, the, the the this conversation in terms of the top running backs, you know, Gurley is going to face some challenges and some loaded boxes. Let's be honest. And as talented as he is, and he's extremely talented, that could that could put a damper on his his overall effectiveness. Are we one hundred percent sure that David Johnson is not going to lose touches to Chris Johnson to uh, Aaron uh, Ellington? Um, or anyone else they have on the roster, because it didn't seem like they were 100% committed to him at the end of last season. There are no question marks about AP. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, you can, you can definitely As long make as he argument. stays healthy, he, yeah. he's going to be productive. And you could say that about, I mean, you could say that first part, as long as he stays healthy, about any running back in the NFL, considering our era. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's the safest touchdown guy at running back, in my opinion, because, mm-hmm. you know, last year he had, you know, five, six, seven, eight touchdowns in his last, you know, eight games. Mind you, he didn't go over 100 yards in, you know, only once he went over 100 yards in his last five. But, you know, they were facing some pretty stiff competition. They had Seattle, Arizona, Chicago was underrated against the run last year. Um, the Giants, you know, who he kind of creamed, they actually were solid. So, you know, I, I I definitely agree that AP is solid. Um, I definitely would lean more towards standard leagues, but I play in the majority of the leagues I play in are PPR. You know, so you're kind of looking for that, you know, receptions floor. I do think that there's upside for, for more receptions this year for him, though, because, you know, North, Turner, North Turner's always been a guy that likes to use his running back out of the backfield to uh, catch passes. You know, again, this is AP's last year in Minnesota, in my opinion. So you could see him be on the field more as opposed to, you know, them implementing Jared McKinnon more. But I, I do think McKinnon will have a larger role. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on to the wide receivers. Uh, uh, Stefan Diggs, Laquan Treadwell, Charles Johnson, Cordell Patterson. Obviously, <laughs> there is uh, a, a difference in role, a difference in talent. But which one do you? Which one of these guys are you willing to take based on where they're going in just a redraft league? Because obviously, Treadwell jumps up a ton in a in a uh, uh, in a keeper or dynasty. Yeah, in standard formats, I think Laquan Treadwell has the, a real chance of being a top twenty receiver this year. Wow. The reason okay. the reason why is because they just don't have. You know, the reason why AP has so many touchdowns last year is because they had no red zone weapons. Yes, they use Kyle Rudolph at times, but Laquan Treadwell is your superior red zone option. Big size, big skill, way, really good at catching the ball at its highest point. Just a, a really solid, solid red zone guy. And, you know, going in, you know, top, you know, 41st in terms of wide receiver ranks, you know, he's going to be a top 100 pick. But I, I love the guy in standard formats this year. I love him in PPR as well. But in standard, I think that he has a ton, a ton of upside based on the fact alone that I think he will be you know, heavily involved in the red zone. You know, Stefan Diggs, I like. I'm a little bit worried because, you know, his he really ended badly last year. Um, you know, the last three games of the season, he only had a total of eight receptions in those three games with 11 targets total. You know, he did have two touchdowns in, in one of those games, but you can't really bank on that. You know, with the with the uh, you know emergence of Treadwell, in my opinion, I think that you might see a little bit of a dip. You know, even more of a dip in his production. Um, I'm hoping that you know Minnesota goes to more of a pass heavy scheme, but I'm I'm really not banking on it. And as far as Charles Johnson and Cordero Patterson, I can only pray that one day Patterson figures it all out. I'm not really banking on I that don't at think all. He ever will. I my I, I put him on the list just to for the hell of it. Charles Johnson to me is is. The bigger question, will he ever turn it around? Because he just completely fell off the map last year. He did. And you wonder, I mean, they kept him on the roster. So, you know, you have that going for him. 
you know, you just wonder. I, 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 I definitely think in your like really deep leagues, um, especially like dynasty formats, he's definitely worth stashing because he yeah. has talent. He's a pretty solid route runner. You know, somebody that has decent size. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is a solid quarterback in terms of you know getting reads and you know being able to you know find receivers in space. So I, I, I definitely think that Charles Johnson is still intriguing, and I'm not. I don't think his career is over. But for this year, you obviously can't draft him. But if he has a couple breakout games and you see Stefan Diggs starting to become more of a third wide receiver, then certainly, you know, pounce on it and waiver wire and uh, try and, you know, capitalize. I I completely agree with you. I I think Treadwell is going to be a stud this year. Um, The only thing I'm going to disagree with you in terms of of Diggs is I think these two will complement each other fantastically. And I don't, as badly as Diggs kind of, tailed off last year. I think it was because there was really nothing else in Minnesota for anybody to concentrate on. Yeah. I mean, other than yeah. the running game, you know, at least in the passing game wise. Uh, and I think these two guys will, will be able to kind of split defenses. Uh, defenses won't defensive backs. Won't be able to key on one guy. Uh, I, you know, you've got the big tall uh, receiver who can go up and you've got little digs who can, you know, pardon the joke or pun dig around the field. So <laughs> um, I, I think, uh, I think these guys will be a perfect fit. The only thing to worry about really is will Nerf Norv Turner let uh Bridgewater throw the ball? You know, that that becomes the biggest question. I think I think both these guys are going at a fair rate, uh, in terms of where they're going on draft day. Uh I don't think they're necessarily cheap or expensive, so uh I'm I'm totally happy if one of them falls in my lap. They're not necessarily guys that I am uh targeting though. They're not like on a sleeper list, they're not guys that are, are flag players for me that I that I want to get in every draft because I don't I don't think there is enough guarantee that they that the upside is attainable. Yeah. I mean if you're making the choice because essentially they're going about the same in drafts right now. Yeah I know on, I know on, on ESPN uh Diggs is the forty first wide receiver off the board and Treadwell is the forty second. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, literally right next to each other. So if you're if you're asking us what the choice is, I think it's by far, you know, Laquan Treadwell. That's not to undersell undersell Diggs because I do think that he has an intriguing skill set and he's the type of guy that can be a wide receiver too in this league. I just think that as this Minnesota offense grows, especially when AP leaves next year, um, you'll see more of a changing of the guard to a more pass heavy scheme, and you know, possibly even a, a, another running back drafting in their place to be more of a you know. Uh, a guy that catches the ball out of the backfield and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm not trying to shortchange Diggs because it sounds like I hate him, but I, I, I really don't. I just love Treadwell. All right. Let's talk about Kyle Rudolph real quick before we wrap it up. Uh, is he done? I think he's done. I, I just think that he's a middling option, you know, and with a tight end landscape that offers a bit more upside, I, there's just really no reason for me to take him. He will stay on the field because he's a, a solid blocker. You know, he does, you know, fit in the red zone fairly well. He had five touchdowns last year, which is nice. But, you know, I think that, you know, the days of thinking that he could be a tight end one consistently for fantasy are kind of done. If you're in a worst case scenario this season and you need a guy, you know, to fill in for a bye week, I have no problem going with Rudolph if he's in a solid matchup. But there's just so many other guys that I would rather take in front of him that, you know, in a short sense, I guess he is done, but not, you know, not necessarily, you know, in a in an NFL sense. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I just don't think he's a... I think he's a, either a bye week filling guy off the waiver wire if you're if you're only rostering one tight end uh, after your draft um, or an injury placement guy. He, he's definitely a guy who could still score touchdowns now. Again, I, I worry about the concussion issues in the past uh, and other issue other injury issues, uh, and I just don't think he offers enough upside that a lot of other guys going around the same spot as him, Austin Sperry and Jenkins, guys like that uh, ha- have at least uh, to offer. So he's not a guy that's going to end up. Probably on any of my teams, except for maybe in the three sport league, because I haven't drafted a tight end and we're about 45 rounds in. Does it hurt you that I have Jordan Reed just locked and ready? No, because I think Jordan Reed is extremely overrated this year. Whatever. You are crazy. Absolutely nuts. Uh, Well, we'll talk about it when we get to the Redskins. (laughs) Uh, Mike, why don't you tell people where you can be reached and what you're working on? 
Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Mike Warner FWFB. Really excited about football season coming. We're still putting on a ton of baseball content. You still have the DFS podcast that uh, I just did with Wes Anderson for Friday's slate here. Um, we also do the Matt the, the uh, Prospect podcast with myself and Matt Thompson. We have our two other baseball shows throughout the week, the Wednesday and Thursday pod. Still pumping out baseball content on the site. Um, we're also ramping up for football. We have the the rankings up on the site. We're going to be adding more content as well. Eric Mackey's really crushing it on the football front on friendsoffantasybenefits.com. Um, yeah, so definitely stay tuned. And please rate and review. It helps us out. And you can always reach me on Twitter at Justin Mason, FWFB. Email me or the show, friendsoffantasybenefits at uh, gmail.com. Uh, I write all my stuff for football on friendsoffantasybenefits.com. Uh, check out this... Uh, Fan Lodge Dream League uh, reality <laughs> show thing. It's on YouTube. I'll be I'll be tweeting it out as, as new episodes and stuff come out. Uh, you can skip to like you can skip for like the first ten minutes if you want to just get to my little bit. We were supposed to do sixty to ninety seconds, and Tayhole did about eight to nine minutes um, in, in the first episode, and he just goes off tangent. So, uh, but it should be a lot of fun, a lot of shit talk. Uh, I, I plan on dominating these guys. Uh, and, and rubbing uh, their face in it all season long. Um, and then, uh, yeah, definitely uh, check out our baseball podcasts. Uh, basketball podcasts should be coming out shortly. Uh, but that will wrap us up for, uh, for Mike and myself. Thank you for listening. Have fantastic football season. <laughs>